Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. Uh, Really big news today. So Brad's probably going to kill me for this, but Randy is coming for Brad's spot. So we have Randy back today. Randy Shorefide, our uh, senior manager of public relations here at Lexicon. He is here as our official co-host today. So watch out, Brad. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like the Doc Severance and if... if. <laughs> If you go back to the old days of the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, that whenever was before when it, my time, well, I'm a Jay Leno girl. I know. Well, <laughs> that's all right. Whenever, whenever Ed McMahon was uh, on vacation or sick or whatever, then they'd have Doc Severinsen fill in. I just don't have the you know the snazzy and uh, sport coat that Doc would wear. <laughs> Well, that being said, everybody completely judge Randy today. Email me your feedback. Do you like him? Do you like him better than Brad? Who's the best? And we'll we'll go from there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to that on Monday morning. <laughs> right. Hey, Randy, I know it's a Monday, but we have to talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Randy, we actually have another special guest with us today, and I'm going to let Randy go ahead and introduce her to everybody. Thank you so much. Yes. Today we have uh, our inaugural external guest, Michelle Colcote-King. She is principal and president of Reputation, Inc. And Reputation, Inc. is a full-service marketing, PR, and content agency based in Jacksonville, Florida. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. No problem. Michelle has more than 20 years of legal industry marketing and PR experience. And so today's episode of The Lex Factor will focus on public relations for law firms. And Michelle has a ton of experience and she is a great guest to have for this. And she's, this is what, maybe your fourth uh, guest appearance on a podcast this year, Michelle? I've been doing quite a bit for some reason. Um, <laughs> You're a popular yeah. woman. I know. Yeah. It's kind of, um, but it, honestly, it's fun because, um, you know, um, I can talk about what I know, which is nice. Right. Um, and, and sound very authoritative, which is which is always enjoyable. So, but you yeah. really are. So it's fine. right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I know. Yeah, prove that. Just sound that way. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll just kick it off with our first question. Why is public relations so important for law firms? Yeah. So we um, we work exclusively in professional services, but mostly with corporate law firms, but also uh, with consumer law firms. PR works very well for industries where clients look to their service provider as an expert authority. You know, lawyers, their clients depend on them for their expertise, um, and credibility is a huge factor in selecting a lawyer. And the media provides that sort of credibility factor better than any other marketing tactic. It shows that they have expertise that the media has deemed worth you know, sharing and recognizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really part of that mix of the, of the marketing mix. The other thing is lawyers are, are heavily governed by um, bar association ethics rules about what they can and cannot say. So demonstrating their expertise through thought leadership in the media is one of the best ways to really clearly communicate their value. And then also um, there's sort of a basic rule of marketing that says that, you know, your share of voice directly relates to growth. So a law firm that wants to grow needs to grow its share of voice in the marketplace. Uh, using PR to do that is a very effective tactic. Yeah. And you so. actually, you said something, Michelle, that really triggered in my head. So you brought up understanding 
how to be bar compliant and how important that is within the industry. And I think what a lot a lot of attorneys maybe don't realize when they're reaching out to agencies, whether it's a marketing, advertising, creative, PR agency, is that there are agencies out there that actually understand the legal industry specifically and they understand those ins and outs. So you're not necessarily taking a risk, as big of a risk, when you go to an outside agency if they have that background and they know what compliances you need to follow within the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a real differentiator for us. We've been having to comply with bar rules for many, many years. I've gone through many bar reviews of marketing collateral. So, I mean, every state varies. Um, we actually produced a guide to legal marketing ethics, and we kept thinking about how do we how do we create this guide for law firms when the rules vary every state? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, and so we finally decided, okay, there are some general, there's some general concepts and general questions you can ask that would then trigger you to go, wait a minute, maybe there's something I need to look at and get a closer look at. Cause otherwise you can't run absolutely everything by the bar. So yeah. Kind of delved into that, and we kind of came up with some some uh, specific questions. Like a, I can't remember how many it was, like ten questions to ask any time you create something. But once mm-hmm. you get a general understanding, like we can't, you know, everything really has to be verifiable. You can't claim results whenever it's not very clear that you can base it on prior results. There's things that, um, you know, and there's specific words that are trigger words, expert, um, yeah. specialist. You know, <laughs> we know that one. Yes, I know. It's sort of a, and, and well, and actually Florida is one of the strictest states and, and you can say expert here now, but it's still oh, really? one of those. Yeah. And that was a new thing. Um, somebody, somebody challenged it. Huh. Um, so, but I still feel weird, uh, right. because <laughs> I've been kind of trained not Get to use that left. word so long, but PR, it doesn't really, you know, those ethics rules don't really come into play as much in PR because, um, journalists are really, uh, looking for facts. It's not as much of a marketing message. So, um, when you're, when you're putting out press, you know, putting out a press release or doing a bylined article, it's a, it's not as much of a marketing ex- exercise as it is talking about specifics, the specifics of the law a case, um, that kind of thing. So it's not as big of an issue. It's more ethics, I think, come into play a little bit more in sort of, you know, uh, your website copy, your marketing collateral Mm -hmm. ads, um, all of that. So yeah, that sounds like an amazing resource, probably a huge undertaking when you worked on it. But and if you think about it, it could probably really go either way. So don't take my word for this. But if you're working with an agency or, or company or any vendor that has that experience, honestly, you're probably paying them by the hour. So for them to have that expertise, which I can say in this case, you're probably saving a little money because they're not spending all that time going back and forth trying to get bar approval or just putting stuff out there for approval that no way in heck could actually get approved in the first place. So it's probably a a cheaper bet down the road to go with somebody that has that expertise. Absolutely. And we're often the ones uh, advising clients about it. So sometimes um, clients will come to us with materials and we go, hey, you know, there's a possibility we need to look at this because we work with some law firms who've never really done much marketing in the past. Mm -hmm. So they themselves aren't quite aware of the rules. So it does help. It that makes sense. You know, the, the only challenge is the fact that it does differ by state. Um, and then if you have uh, clients with offices in multiple states, you have to apply that. But again, it's sort of having a basic understanding of the, the reasons behind the rules and what they're trying to get at versus trying to know every nuance of every rule in every state will go a long way when yeah. you're, when right. you're uh, creating materials. How can law firms leverage PR for business development and other marketing purposes? Media relations just kind of generates content. You guys know content is kind of the, the 
foundation of what mark as marketers we deal in, right? Mm-hmm. So you need that content. So really media relations, one, um, you're creating a piece of content. So um, a byline article, a quote in an article, it gives you that uh, marketing fodder that you need. Um, and then you, you have another piece in your arsenal to get in front of your audience. So it goes down to, you know, uh, repurpose, 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 like everything with marketing. So if I have written a bylined article in a publication, I'm going to advise, or if my client has, I'm going to advise them to put it in their email newsletter, uh, share it on social media, share it in LinkedIn groups, repurpose the article, create something else out of it. So it's really about getting, taking that article, sending it directly to a client um, and saying, Hey, you know, not sure if you saw this article, thought it'd be relevant. So it's it's kind of creating that piece that that you can use and then further in your marketing efforts. And it also again has that stamp of credibility. It's not, hey, look at this article I just put on my blog post. It's it's look at this article I got in the in this very respected media outlet. So mm-hmm. I often advise clients to say media relations is not a direct business development tactic. So a lot of times clients will think certain marketing tactics they want to see a direct result from it. Um, media relations is not that it's that it's something you do on a regular basis you have to consistently do it but then the fun thing is is that I have clients that often say hey we published this bylined article and we immediately got you know a query out of it I honestly hear that a lot more than I used to I'm, I'm hearing clients more and more tell me you know, this directly led to somebody reaching out. Um, Mm -hmm. So it can definitely have that effect. But I build expectations so that they understand this has to be something we do on a regular basis as part of the overall marketing mix. And, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. So I think there's some authenticity when you're hearing it from the media or from, you know, influencers within the legal industry. There's more behind it. It's I don't want to say it's more important, but there's definitely more leverage and there's more realism. Yeah, the point you're making to me is that um, media outlets are experts at building audiences and creating audiences. That's what they're doing. They are carefully um, creating an audience of people interested in specific topics. So if you can marry up a a media outlet that has built an audience that you want to get in front of, they've done all that hard work for you. So um, you're getting in front of a very qualified, interested audience. Um, it's something that, you know, as marketer on the other side, as marketers, we're trying to do through our blogs and our social media presence. But this is what media professionals have been doing for decades. Yes. And they have honed and, and create this audience. So it's really um, you're, you're getting access to their qualified, interested audience. Um, and that's why often we'll tell clients. So we have clients that, you know, should I, should I write an article first or should I pitch it first? And we often so if the goal is a byline article, for example, I always tell them to wait, let's let's pitch the idea to the editor because an editor, again, has experience developing content for her audience. So she's going to come back and say, let's tweak it, let's do this angle, um, and is going to work with an outside contributor to really create a better piece than mm-hmm. what they were thinking of to begin with. It's really kind of working in tandem with the media to create content that um, yes. the people you want to reach are, are interested in. Yeah, that is exactly what mm-hmm. I wanted to say. I was just I was dancing around it and I wasn't getting to the middle. It was going absolutely nowhere. So thank you. Um, so thinking about, you know, current day, every time you turn on the news, every time you get on Facebook, Twitter, 
There's a lot of news out there, but let's be honest, there's very few topics these days. So you turn on everything, COVID this, COVID that. So there's a lot of opportunity still, but how is how as a firm do you really be proactive and generate that media coverage for your firm or for your industry when there's not a lot of news going on because something like COVID has just taken over the world, for lack of better words, sure. and all the outlets yeah. out there? There's a couple of things here. So one, um, I, uh, over the last, I would say, five or 10 years, I've really, well, you know, there's been huge volatility in the media uh, space. As we all know, the internet kind of turned it upside down. But uh, people pay attention to very niche publications nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's because the internet has created this need for us or this expectation that we're going to get really tailored information. Google, Facebook, Twitter, these algorithms are really programmed to understand you and predict your behavior. And so we have gotten used to wanting very niche information. So there is a niche audience. So that's why lawyers who, um, COVID was, and I don't mean to, um, I don't mean to make light of a very serious pandemic, but it was Mm -hmm. kind of a, it was a boon for lawyers who had expertise that clients would want to know related to to COVID. I mean, lawyers were putting out more content around COVID than, it kept, it kept, it certainly kept us pretty busy. And I know every in-house marketer I know was just scrambling to get out information. Yeah. So, and there's an audience ready and willing. So that's why very much so advise clients um, that niche publications are incredibly valuable. Don't look at the fact that the audience might be smaller. You've got an audience that really wants that information and isn't having to wade through a generalist uh, publication to get that. So it's, it's looking at, you know, who, who is that audience and also what's their intent and how interested are they in that information. Mm-hmm. So the other side of that is I pride our agency on this. I'm, I'm a big believer in um, our role as a PR agency is to be that proactive arm. We don't sit and wait for a client to bring us news. We get to know their business. We set up Google alerts on topics we think are relevant Mm -hmm. um, and possible pitch topics. We monitor the media around our clients. Um, I pride ourselves and we bring topics to them. You know, hey, Mm -hmm. I saw that this happened. Do you think, um, you know, is this going to impact your clients? If so, we need to get um, something, a pitch out there. Yeah. Um, and, And how that works is, you know, going to a journalist and saying, I'm seeing a lot of chat about this. I have a lawyer X who can give you some insight or who can um, talk you through the issue. Because the media, oftentimes, let's take the local business journals. You've got young journalists who are maybe a few years out of school, and they're being asked to cover a finance beat or a, a legal beat or mm-hmm. you know, very kind of niche topics. And they need someone who can walk them through complex topics, um, give them context, help them understand why things are happening. Um, and lawyers are really ideally suited to that. So it's being on top of the industry. It's looking at, you know, the topics that are being covered and thinking, how can this lawyer client of ours, and if you are a lawyer, how can I contribute to that? How can I bring context to that? And the more you kind of go to the media and feed them information, the the more likely you are to get coverage from it. So what's really fun is when we have clients that are great at it, who, you know, can kind of quickly assess the situation. We worked with a client, I use him a lot as an example, but he was a former um, special investigator for a an Alabama governor. Is this who, Randy? No, is this? Not me. No, I'm just kidding. No, not me. <laughs> no. Well, he had been, so he'd been a um, he'd been special counsel. So special counsel, think in terms of um, Mueller. 
Uh-huh. So um, that's the, you know, they're brought in from the outside to do very sensitive investigations. And he had been uh, a Robert Mueller of this Alabama governor's impeachment. It was very salacious. The governor had had this uh, affair with a young staffer and was accused of using campaign resources. So, yes, it was, <laughs> I, re- I remember, yeah. hear- I'm sorry, Michelle, <laughs> but, I remember hearing about this. So please continue. Yes, right, yes. right. It was a salacious story. We kept, we, we had, a, my team had a blast um, uh, reading, <laughs> reading all the materials and everything. Oh, God, but, um, but when, so knowing he had this expertise, he's done, he actually also served uh, on a committee um, when he was younger uh, for the Whitewater investigation. So when the Mueller campaign started, we just started offering him as a, a source. So any little move in the Mueller investigation, we would quickly put out a pitch that says, you know, here's why Mueller's doing this. Here's what he's likely to do next. Here's the context. Here's the bigger story. Um, and so he he just got really broad coverage. And honestly, it kind of worked us out of a job because the media <laughs> just started kind of going to him right. for mm-hmm. insight and commentary. And then he really built up a, a reputation um, for the in, in companies need uh, special investigators quite often. I think right. in terms of uh, they get a harassment lawsuit or, mm-hmm. or something like that. They need to have that outside counsel come in and investigate it. So, right. so he really developed a, a, a reputation for that. And that's yeah. really the power of media relations. Um, they can do that. Uh, before coming into the legal and legal tech industry, I, was, I spent more than 20 years in healthcare marketing and PR mainly on, or I shouldn't say on, within, you know, a hospital or healthcare system environment. The budgets sometimes weren't always uh, plentiful. So I always tried to augment that by getting as much earned media relations placements. And so I kind of started my own beat. I'm not a journalist uh, or a writer by nature, but I just started my own beat where I would go literally and talk to either physicians or department directors and say, hey, do you have anything um, that might be newsworthy? And I said, you know, we may think it's newsworthy, but the media may not. Let's try to find something that we can't pitch, whether, you know, whether it was a physician who just received another accreditation or they're part of a research trial or something like that. And to your point, Michelle, um, there were in a couple instances where the media would bypass me and just call the doctor right off the bat. Mm. And then the doctor, of course, would give me enough, hey, so-and-so contacted me. But um, I felt I was doing my job because then they were going right to that individual automatically. Absolutely. So I always, I very often, that's super smart. I I always, uh, when I describe what we do to clients, um, I liken it to being a a journalist uh, in-house. So we're, we're in there to, to find the stories and get them out there. Somebody has to be doing that legwork. Um, and I also like to use the term knowledge extraction. Um, and it sounds fancier than it is, but it's, <laughs> it is a, one, it's a real skill set. I've hired a lot of people over the years and being able to get on the phone with a lawyer who has, um, you know, a specialist body of knowledge and, and ask the questions that you need to ask to find that the, the relevant information and then to translate it to the media is a real skill set, and um, somebody's got to be doing that legwork to to find out what what knowledge do we have in house and what's going to be interesting to the media. And the way we do that is just regular brainstorming calls with mm-hmm. with lawyers. So it's really just getting on the phone. Uh, we have some law firms that just assign uh, an attorney or two per week to get on the phone with us, and we just sort of brainstorm. You know, what are some of the issues your clients are facing? What are some 
questions that they've been asking? Is there any regulations that are pending right now? Uh, Is there a case happening in your industry that you're not involved with that might have implications for your clients? So we kind of have a series of questions that we go through and something always comes out of it that we can use to to get out and, and start pitching. But it's really, it's that ongoing process that creates that proactive PR. And it also led me to another thing. So before coming into the PR space within the legal or legal tech industry, I my mind always went back to either the Johnny Cochran's or the Gloria Allred's or the Mark Garagos's and maybe you want to label someone as an outsider or they're just not as knowledgeable as, as the three of us or anyone else within our environments are. Some people may think that's mainly the only way that a lawyer or a law firm can get PR unless they're involved with some kind of high profile or salacious event or occurrence that's taken place. That's the fun part to me about working in legal PR is it's interesting stuff. Lawyers are working on impactful issues um, that uh, really impact the business world, uh, people's lives. There's interesting stories to be had. It just takes a professional to find what's interesting and then get it out there in an interesting way, in a simple way. So so that, that kind of leads us into, into yet another question. So <laughs> what mistakes do lawyers or some lawyers make when they're trying to do their own PR? You know, one, it's just not really knowing or understanding how the media works. And I, and I don't mean to be that general, but it takes a while to get to know a media outlet and understand what they cover. So that's one of the PR person's skills is having an understanding of that media outlet so that they're not sending inappropriate information, which is a reporter's number one pet peeve is getting a, getting a pitch that's not right for them. So lawyers are trained from law school to communicate in a very unclear way. So they're just sort of, it's, it's beaten into them through reading case law. Um, academic writing in general is, is a very obtuse uh, style of writing. Uh, helping lawyers beat the legalese out of them um, and speak in a plain way, because that's, you know, that's what works not just for the media, but really the world at large. And people don't talk the way lawyers talk in a court of law. So I'm often kind of talking them through the fact that it's okay to simplify this language. That's what people want. I would say our biggest challenge often is timeliness. So the media works on an incredibly fast timetable. The first one to the to bat is the winner often. And mm-hmm. especially so if we work with litigation firms, there's a reporter covering that story the minute uh, you know the judge hands the decision down. So if they want to be included in that story, we mm-hmm. have to be really fast with a quote, some context, something, um, and we kind of have to get ahead of it. I get that they're busy, but we often say it's first person's the winner. Right. So um, we have to be quick. We can't ignore deadlines. If a journalist has a question, we have to get there quick, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Which, so. which comes down to planning as well. So just like you said, if there's a heads up that comes out in the media, oh, Judge Smith is going to hand down a decision today. If it's in the afternoon, then that gives you know a PR firm and their law firm client an opportunity to huddle real quick, develop some statements based on certain scenarios, and then they can, you know, reach out preemptively to any any of the media contacts to say, hey, we're ready to go no ma- pretty much no matter what the decision is. 
That's exactly what we do. Yeah, that and even if even if we can't get a, a quote or statement ready, we'll just getting the media list together. So the media that we know are going to cover the story. And sometimes we'll just email them the court documents and say, this just happened. Our client is available for an interview. Um, so it's, it's really it can be as simple as that. But it's just journalists today. And I, cause I, I've hired so many former journalists who are looking for a different lifestyle. They have to find multiple stories a day, whereas we can take our time and write something a little bit more um, lengthy. I've spent years getting frustrated at all the errors I would see in media stories. But when you really understand what their day looks like, it's a very demanding, time-sensitive job. They're having to file multiple stories. They're judged now on the amount of clicks and views that they mm-hmm. get. So it's they're not judged on quality of reporting, fast is the name of the game. The more we can break down an issue for them in a simple way, and the more we can be quick about it, the the better chances of the coverage. Yeah, definitely. Lauren's trying to muzzle me because I'm I'm talking so much as the fill-in. He's really trying. He's like, he's trying to prove his worth as a co-host, but it might be a little too much. You know what I mean? Like you try too hard. I am. I am trying too hard. But I, so this is my last question of the day, and Lauren, Lauren will take over. No, I can understand why some lawyers or any lawyer would go into the media because they're analytical; they can talk. But why? Yeah, and they have the facts, right? Exactly. Is there a certain lure for lawyers to go into the media, not just to comment or report on legal issues? Savannah Guthrie, she has a law degree. I don't know if she ever went into the practice of law. But right. I, th- I think shortly after, sometime shortly after she received her law degree, she went right into journalism on TV. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea or any it's opinion? It's a good question. Yeah. yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, I think um, what draws lawyers to the law um, is similar to what draws a lot of uh, journalists to journalism. Um, one, I think a lot of lawyers um, love to write and love to analyze issues. And that's what journalists, especially, you know, obviously print journalists are doing. We often have trouble because like, we write a lot of content um, for our clients, but lawyers tend to think that only they can write it. Um, and then we were, we're kind of in the task of undoing a lot of the language that doesn't work. Lawyers communicate for a living. Great litigators are great communicators. There are some similar skill sets there. It's just what a law school does often trains lawyers to, to write badly. Um, and then honestly, law firms train lawyers to write badly. So there's a disconnect there. <laughs> are, you, are you finished, Randy? That's my goal. This is what happens when you put two PR right. people in the room together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's like go, virtual true. happy hour. Yeah, I want to go true, out true. On, now I want to go out on a high note like right. George Costanza. So that's, <laughs> yeah. don't mess it up. That's people right. are listening. <laughs> right. No. Um, and I want to ask you something that Randy and I have been talking about a lot lately. And it kind of goes back to when he asked you about mistakes that lawyers may make when doing PR. And the first thing you said, Michelle, was that they're not necessarily experts in PR. They're experts in being a lawyer. So one thing that's hot on my mind is why PR is so important for SEO, search engine optimization. And I don't think, even if you are an expert in either of those fields, you don't necessarily see that correlation right off the bat, but they play hand in hand together for a really successful uh, campaign. So talk a little bit on your end, how you see those working together and why it's so important that you consider both when putting together that campaign. Absolutely. And uh, honestly, you uh, brought up a great point that I forgot to mention when y'all asked me about why PR is important. SEO. (laughs) Yes. 
because of links from authoritative websites. So Google ranks uh, websites that have strong authority um, with qualified numbers of people clicking on stories and Mm -hmm. media outlets have one of the most high authority websites out there. So actual links is becoming less important as Google is using mentions. So just brand mentions and stories will increase your SEO. So the fact that those sites Google identifies as having a high search authority gives you that uh, SEO juice, especially if they link <laughs> back juice. to your website. Yeah, juice. That's a, a home run. But even the even the brand mentions okay. um, in a high ranking authority website will have impact on your site and your SEO. So even when you're on you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, if if you're tagging those high authority sites or sharing articles from them, something as simple as that. It makes a big difference too. It does, but um, your the best case scenario is them linking and mentioning you. It's basically kind of borrowing their authority mm-hmm. um, that they've built up. Let's say a link from the New York Times is going to benefit you even more. But absolutely, it's a, it's a huge huge factor in okay. SEO. So we've kind of come to the end of this episode, as we've done in the uh, with past episodes. Is we always try to have three takeaways and. Honestly, we we have there's more than there's a three, lot more right. There's more than three takeaways here, but just some highlights from our discussion with Michelle Calco King, who is principal and president of Reputation Inc. One is uh, knowing and understanding how the media works, and not just knowing how the media works, but who to contact within a newsroom, whether it be a, a newspaper, a radio station, or a TV station. But then also, once you have their attention, is having a complete pitch, and then simplifying the language uh, when presenting that messaging to the audience. A second point, when being proactive or generating media coverage, with the onset of the internet, there are a lot of niche communication channels out there. So knowing where your targeted audience is listening or reading and using those channels to reach them, but then also to generate uh, and be proactive in getting coverage is monitoring the media, what stories are being reported out there, but then also what's going on within your industry. So if there are other articles that are talking about trends or topics within your industry, being able to capitalize on that. And then thirdly, Content is king, sorry for the pun, but content is foundational. Being able to uh, extract uh, ideas, develop content, and then repurpose that in a number of ways to put yourself out there and your law firm out there uh, to be thought leaders. Did you want to add anything onto those, uh, Michelle? Those are great points. I could talk about PR all day long. So <laughs> I'm glad you uh, summarized it and stopped stop me from talking too no, much. No, that's no, funny. that's fine. No, <laughs> I, Lauren had to stop me from talking too much. So. I gave him the evil eye. That's right, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, And on top of that, I do want to add in, set your Google alerts too. You know, you mentioned that earlier, Michelle. I live off those things. Sign up for emails from those uh, media outlets that you trust. You get tons of information that way and you know, you know, what news is out there that you can take advantage of. So do that for me too. But other than that, we really want to thank you, Michelle, for being on today. I think it was a fabulous episode and there's tons of great takeaways. So I'm sure we would love to have you back one day. Would love that. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.